HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Life's a Banquet. <laughs> a podcast about all... Am I allowed to do this about all the... <laughs> <laughs> about the highs and lows of all things that are spreadable and horrible with your host, me, Colin Farrell. <laughs> and me, the Lucky Charms leprechaun guy. Ah, hello, tiny guy. How's it going? <laughs> Good. That made you um, laugh, I think huh? it's okay if you do the Irish accent because I am Irish. My last name is Bailey, so it's acceptable okay that's good i'm also prime one quarter irish so on behalf of my grandmother helen i'll do an irish accent <laughs> did she have an irish accent no but she had very thin finger skin which i once glued together when i was a small child but that has nothing to do with her being irish really she did love tea huh tea and andy's good. mints Ooh, i love andy's mints but I don't um, really like chocolate and mint. It's a mystery why I like those. I think it's because the Olive Garden used to give them out at the end of the meal. My favorite restaurant. You know what's interesting that you say that is that I never realized that because uh, I never, we didn't go to Olive Garden growing up because it was just like we lived in Long Island. So there was like a lot of other Italian restaurants. It wasn't our chain of choice, but we did kind <laughs> of like an Olive Garden eat style menu at Zaza a couple weeks ago. And one of our custies was like, you need to put like Andy's mints in the bags. And I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. So then we started giving out Andy's mints and then like the expectation was there as though we now are the, we got written about as though like, well, when you go to Zaza, they throw in a handful of Andy's mints. So now I'm locked into this like mint thing. Not even just for the Olive Garden thing, but forever. People, it's in print. So now if, you know, people have an expectation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking Andy's mint. I'm like, they're really expensive, actually. I know, like, are they expensive to throw handfuls of them in? The Olive Garden only give you one per person. It's like eating up like a huge portion of <laughs> I'm like not gonna be able to retire now because of this ridiculous mistake. So to that one person, I say, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. It's a very <laughs> sweet suggestion, but just put one idea. Andy's mint in every bag. And then the next week do a half of an Andy's mint. Like, <laughs> slowly make it smaller and smaller until it's like a sliver and you're like oh no it's in there yeah you just have to look for it (laughs) um we transitioned to doing pink starbursts which are more i love starbursts that's much more for me fun and also it well i guess you're not going to be doing this in the hot times or are you going to do it in the summer no we haven't decided yet because I saw, TV I read TV. something that said you will be back in the summer. The Brooklyn article, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to do something in the summer. But I'm going to tell you something right now. It's not going to involve any motherfucking Andy's mint. So nobody get their hopes up. Okay? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. They all melt. Anyway. Exactly. It's dangerous. Exactly. A, ha- a health hazard. <laughs> and that's why we're stopping this. It's a hazard <laughs> to your health. Oh. Slippery. Because yeah, <laughs> if they melt, then, you know, it's just everything. There could be chocolate on the lasagna. Oh, we tragic. Exactly. It's a, it's a real health concern. Nicole, how are you? Are you getting excited for your people's national holiday? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, I don't. It, it's, when is it? Two days from now? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And there's no way to find out for sure. I mean, I'm about to tell you guys. I guess we should just confess that our topic today is actually St. Patrick's Day. We chose this because 
many people had written in to ask us to please do this holiday because calls and calls since last St. Patrick's Day when we refused to do it. Yeah, we skipped it. Um, and you know, it was because of COVID. I feel like everyone sort of skipped St. Patrick's Day, but this year, you know, people are like, COVID is over, so it's totally fine to gather in large groups and watch them dye the river green in Chicago, which we'll talk about. But before totally. we get into it, I need to let you guys know some things about Benefer, our uh, Irish couple. <laughs> America's most Irish couple outside of Ireland? Yeah, the, the most American Irish couple that there is. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Um, How are they celebrating St. Patty's Day? That's what I want to know. Nobody is telling me. And also, here's the only thing that I found out is that uh, Ben Affleck is in her new video, Marry Me. Get the and hell so out of here. The implication seems to be then that they will get married because she says marry me in the song and he's in the video. And if they don't get married, it'll be awkward. You Wouldn't know, it'd be really awkward if instead of marrying Ben Affleck or excuse me, Affleck, she married <laughs> Owen Wilson or even worse, Luke Wilson. Because she was Who, in the movie with him. Or if she married um, Matthew McConaughey, isn't he in the wedding planner? <clears throat> he is. And I would like to say something else about this which is that I think that Jennifer Lopez has yet another wedding movie coming up next as her next movie. And I want to yeah, know why this woman's in so many wedding movies. Yeah, I think it's called... some. Well, I think the song Marry Me is for the movie, right? No, no. no. She's in a different Marry Me movie. Is it called Marry Me? <laughs> Dude, we, this is like, I honestly think this is a fucking crisis because she's been in the wedding planner. Now she's in the movie with Owen Wilson about being in a wedding, but she's like in a video with Ben Affleck. We're all very confused. What the hell's going on? Then aside from these two wedding movies, her next movie is another wedding movie. And I yeah. say, what the hell? WTF? It's called Marry Me and it has Owen Wilson in it. I know, but what so I'm like, fucking saying... How many times has she been married? Three? Yes. Now, I want to clarify... Sorry, I hadn't eaten orange. I'm starving. I want to clarify what I'm trying to say here, Nicole. <laughs> okay. I think that she has another wedding movie after the Marry Me. Oh, are you serious? Yes, dude. <laughs> okay, well, then she has to get married to Ben Affleck because you can't be in more movies than the number of times you've been married. That's exactly right. You can't right. be in more movies about getting married. Mm -hmm. It's a law. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's probably in her contract that she has to get married to someone before she can be in this new wedding movie. I'm fucking shocked. I don't know who her agent is, but I would like to have a conversation with them. And I'm really glad you brought up wedding movies because I watched a wedding movie last night. Which one? And I was aghast. And I had gas. <laughs> you were um, a guest at the wedding. <laughs> and I was aghast. <laughs> <laughs> I was aghast at this uh, wedding. Oh my God, I was aghast. Um, <laughs> so I watched the movie The Proposal. Why? Because I was extremely stressed out and I had no ability to pick something else to watch and I've already which watched one? Mad Men a million is that, times. Which one's The Proposal? Isn't that a J-Lo movie? No, Nicole, this is a Sandy Bullock and Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Oh, I like that movie. Okay, yes... <laughs> A yes and no. I like it too. However, it is like, I hadn't seen it in a while and it is like the worst like portrayal. And I mean an accurate portrayal, but a gross portrayal of like an entitled, rich, capitalist, <laughs> evil I fucking they're like boss the, woman. They're like, we're the Kennedys of Alaska. Yes. And also like she, in the beginning of the movie, when deci she decides she's going oh. to need to be married to Ryan Reynolds, goes to the like wedding um, immigration, whatever place you're supposed to go. And she skips in, in front of the line and goes to the guy who's interviewing them, the wedding cop or whatever the fuck. She <laughs> no, goes, that's I'm a movie I'd see. <laughs> hey, Paul Blart, wedding cop. Sylvester <laughs> <laughs> so Stallone is the wedding cop. Okay. Now she goes in there and she's like, um, I know that you have a lot of gardeners and bus boys waiting out there. <gasps> She because, says this? Yes, dude. Because like they show some of the only people of color they show in the entire movie are waiting in this like immigration line and she calls them busboys and gardeners. And also let's remember that she's immigrated from Canada in this from movie. Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she like tries to have a little bit of a Canadian accent 
it's a crazy movie. I wish, I don't know if they did a, how did this get made about it? But if they did, I need to listen to it. Cause it's really fucking crazy and weird. I don't think they did that because people consider it a normal movie. I do like that. It's I think 35 to 40 minutes too long. Um, it's very long. But Sandra Bullock looks really hot in it, which I enjoy. Sexy um, and hot. Don't I'm not a Ryan Reynolds fan, and I almost like I don't ever I'm never like I don't like this celebrity. Ryan Reynolds, though, for me is a it's a no for me. He's boring, right? That's something about his stupid fucking face. <laughs> just kidding, just, Ryan. Yeah. If you're listening. It I just, love you. Friend of the pod, Ryan Reynolds. You know that you are a favorite celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Although we, we did you. find out a few weeks ago that you have a terrible, terrible taste in wedding cakes. Do you remember when we were talking about how their wedding cake had like Earl oh, Grey yeah. chocolate? cream cheese fudge frosting with apricot <laughs> preserves in the middle and I almost yeah. lost my mind also like for me if you're gonna put fruit in the middle of a cake don't make me a gas at your wedding you know what I'm saying because I don't want to fucking eat that <laughs> I will not be a gast for one minute longer <laughs> oh, I no. was a gast um so anyway yes I watched that movie JLo also, wasn't in isn't it isn't Betty White in that movie Yes, but she unfortunately does a fucking rain dance, like a Native American rain oh, dance. Oh, no, I forgot about that. It was so upsetting. And then Sandy Bullock, like, meets her while she's doing the rain dance, and it's, and she adds to the rain dance by by doing, uh, starting to sing, from the window to the wall, to the sweat drips right. down my balls. And then they both start singing that for no reason, while Betty White is dressed as a Native American. <laughs> what what year did this movie come out? I don't know, like 1925, I guess. <laughs> Betty White plays like his former love interest, and there's like a love triangle with him and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> it was really wacky. I was like, this movie's fucking insane. And like, I've seen it before, but I did not. It did not compute with me until last night when I was watching it. And I was like, I couldn't look away. I stayed up until like two in the morning watching this piece of trash movie. Yeah. Well, cause it's like, it's like the same length as the new Batman movie. It's really, really long. For did no you see reason. the new Batman? I did see it. Yeah. And good, was, bad. I liked it fine. I think, uh, what's his name? Oh, does a good job as that the Batman. I read a um, funny meme where someone was like, it took him like, I don't remember how long, 20 years to go from a vampire to a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I read a meme that because it's called the Batman, they're like the Batman movie that's named after what your mom calls the store. Like, I'm going to go to the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go see the Batman. Yeah. That's um, hilarious. I like Batman though. Batman's sexy. And as you know, I... Like all the Batmans, except for I've never seen the one with Ben Affleck because I have a, a, a grudge against him for no reason. But I've never I seen, that, seen one. that one either. I guess it was fine. But what's interesting is that you said that you were Colin Farrell at the beginning, and that you still are. Um, but he Always plays he plays the Penguin in the movie, but the Penguin isn't like really disfigured in this one the way that he is in the Danny DeVito version. Um, mm-hmm. And he's completely unrecognizable about, like, you don't, if if Ben, the person I went with, hadn't told me that that was Colin Farrell, I never would have even, I just would have been like, oh, this guy looks weird. You know, like, I don't. You would have thought it was Jared Leto from House of Gucci. It looks like, just like a completely different person to the point where I'm like, why? Because he doesn't, he has like a scar on his face, but like, Mm -hmm. it's like almost like an acne scar. Like, it's not even like anything super disfiguring. So I'm just like. This they made Colin Farrell look just like a completely different regular actor. <laughs> don't really. It's a waste understand. of Colin Farrell, don't you think? Did they show his dick? That's the really good part on him, I think. No, you don't see his dick. And I, apparently, he's getting a spinoff show for HBO where he plays the same completely different looking but normalish person. <laughs> so. We're in the end times. We are in, it is official that we're in the end of times. And this is what is happening. We're wasting Um, Colin Farrell's hot face for no reason. Yeah, I don't, who knows? I don't really know. I don't know. I can't even begin to understand. (laughs) It's like that new movie that fucking um, Renee Zellweger's in where she plays um, this overweight woman. And instead Mm -hmm. of like either gaining weight or casting an overweight person or you know a larger person whatever yeah uh, they just have her in a fat suit in the year 2022 yeah it's, <laughs> it's like some tire like, bank shit <laughs> like why 
not just cast someone else instead of having Renee Zellweger in a fat suit. Why? why? I'll tell you why right now. <laughs> because they've uh, told Hollywood that they can no longer play people with neurodiversities. They can no longer play people of different races. All for a good reason, because that's fucking whack to do that. So they're like, great. Guess we'll just have to make really hot people you know, seemingly unattractive by like, you know, the average, whatever media cultural standard is. And I think that's like their last hope for <laughs> seeing themselves as actors. The last frontier. Yeah. Yes. It's the last frontier. They're like, I can't, I can no longer play a native American person. Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> says. <laughs> I can't be the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> He's no longer the last of the Mohicans. Well, I think that he actually plays a white dude in The Last of the Mohicans. Does he? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, because I just rewatched it like over Christmas. You did? Like, is that your family's like go-to Christmas movie? Well, it's the go-to movie where I make my whole family mad at me by putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we want to watch a Christmas story again. You're like, Last of the Mohicans it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I don't like a Christmas story, so we'll never watch that in my house. But yeah, it's kind of boring. My dad was like, this is boring. And then I was like, well, I'm just like, what is the deal with this? I saw it a long time ago. Um, and he's like a white dude, but he like hangs out with the Native Americans. And then I, he's not the last of the Mohicans. He's There's one more like, after him. <laughs> they're just being like, well, white people sort of fucked over the Mohicans. It's based on a novel. I don't really know, but he doesn't actually play a Native American. It's like Dances with Wolves, where he just like hangs out with Native he, Americans. Yeah, Native American adjacent. Yeah. and Like Betty like, White. <laughs> totally. They're, they're like, it is fine if you like hang out with us and you are the star of this movie about us instead of us. It's totally fine and normal. <laughs> it's good for everybody. <laughs> um, and so in, in that, in talking about your very favorite Christmas movies, should we talk about some of your favorite St. Patrick's Day movies? Go! <laughs> uh well are there any <laughs> only one but i'm gonna talk about it later so don't you goddamn right. dare well, mention i think it. instead i think we should talk about something a little bit more serious which is the history of saint patrick's day <laughs> or more importantly common misconceptions about the history of saint patrick's day because who wants to hear the actual history not me not i so i got most of this information from history.com and the headline of this article um really cracked me up for some reason. And it was before you celebrate St. Patrick's day, get your facts straight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Article. Sorry. <laughs> well, I thought that was very bossy and also hilarious. Okay. So St. Patrick's day, AKA the feast of St. Patrick, AKA the day of the festival of Patrick, which if I had known that was what it was called in college, I would have been that pretentious person who would have been like, you mean the day of the festival of Patrick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know i was cool as an english major um this dude is the patron saint of ireland okay okay let's hear about him <laughs> who was um, he but pat was not born in ireland <gasps> i know he was born in either england or scotland or wales nobody knows because it was the year 390 and people were not really writing things down oh, that's a long um, time ago there was no iphones they probably could Right in the year 390, but they just weren't writing down every random dude who was born in England, Scotland, or Wales. Sure. Um, allegedly, around the time he was 16 years old, Irish raiders came to wherever he was, England, Scotland, or Wales, and enslaved him in Ireland. And they held him for six years, and then he ran away back to England. <clears throat> And that's where he got some religious instruction and became a missionary and then went back to Ireland to like convert everyone to Christianity because they weren't Christians. This fucking yet. guy. Um, and so if he actually was born in the British Isles back then, he's more than likely Roman because they had conquered that whole area. So St. Patrick is more than likely a Roman dude he signed, a, he, there are two like letters that were signed by him and he signed one as Patricius, which is like his Roman name. Oh my um, God. <clears throat> a Roman and, Patrick? <laughs> yeah. And he was probably two different random dudes. Like that one dude, like he was a missionary probably, but there was also like an, another like 
religious guy that was sort of credited with bringing Christianity over to Ireland as well. So it's probably just two guys mushed together into one random guy. Kind of um, like um, twins. Yes, exactly right. Um, that movie is based on the life of St. Patrick and the unknown second St. Patrick. <laughs> you know, this should be, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a little tangent, but just thinking about twins and Danny DeVito and Colin Farrell, they should make a series where it's like Colin Farrell and Danny DeVito, both playing the penguin in the same series. And like being enemies or teammates? Either one, but based I think on they would be enemies. Okay, great. Like, I'm the penguin. No, I'm the penguin. <laughs> no, I'm the penguin. I Just... am the penguin. I did it first in the early 2000s or even the 90s. I don't know when that movie came out. <laughs> the 90s. Okay, sorry. Um, so apparently, I did not know this, but a lot of people believe that um, St. Patrick, when he's missionarying all over Ireland, he gave a sermon that was so awesome that all of the snakes on Ireland, on the land of Ireland, ran away and drowned themselves in the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, a mass snake suey? Yeah, it's like his speech was so good. I mean, I guess Ireland isn't that big. Maybe if someone's giving a sermon, you can hear it throughout the entire country. Like if you're really loud about it, I don't really know. Or maybe the snakes have like a secret language, like trees or something. But whatever happened... Allegedly, this sermon got rid of all of the snakes. Um, And the article says, (laughs) although Ireland is mercifully (laughs) snake-free, it's probably always been mercifully snake-free. There were never probably any snakes to begin with on Ireland because it was cold during the Ice Age and it's been surrounded by water for most of its existence. So right. It's probably just not really a snake area. <laughs> so for all of you snakeophiles out there, or does that mean someone who likes snakes? If you don't like snakes, go get yourself to Ireland, toot sweet. Yeah, but I feel like what's the natural predator for rats then if there's no snakes? When there I don't know. A lot more rats? What about frogs? I'm assuming there's frogs, frogs yeah, there. Yeah, who's going to eat the frogs? Yeah, Coyotes? I'm not going. I can't <laughs> deal with that. Coyotes. You know. Uh, <clears throat> um, another lie about St. Patrick's Day is that green was always the color associated with it. In fact, the Knights of the Order of St. Patrick wore blue, and their flag was blue. Whoa. So green probably didn't start until the 18th century when supporters of Irish independence started using green to support their cause. So it was blue. Now it's green. That's very interesting. I actually read something yesterday in doing my research, and forgive me if this is also in your research about green, um, about how the potato famine. Oh no, and, I didn't touch on that at all. And about how um, green became attributed to like St. Patrick's Day because during the potato famine, because everyone was starving, they were forced to eat like a lot of grass and Ooh. became actually green in color. All right, so don't eat grass apparently, unless you have to. Yeah, I mean. Um, or do, I mean, if you want to like be green, that's fine, I don't care. Um, so until the 1700s, St. Patrick's Day was just like a super boring religious feast in Ireland. It was not celebrated outside of Ireland. Um, people would literally just spend a quiet day in church or at home praying. They weren't even drinking. It was like a dry holiday. Really? Yeah. But around the 1700s, Irish immigrants in America started organizing parades as a show of Irish pride. Um, and that eventually evolved into the secular ode to Irish culture that we now sort of know about and that bros like to celebrate. Bros love it. Why do um, bros love it? Do we have an answer for this? I think that they just like an excuse to get really drunk in public during the day. Yeah, that's true. And there's yeah. a lot of Irish bros, let's be honest. Sure, yeah. Um, another vicious lie <laughs> surrounding St. Patrick's Day um, is that corned beef is an Irish thing. But essentially, I think we talked about this on the podcast before because we talked about corned beef on the corn episode or something like that. <laughs> um, so Irish immigrants um, 
more than likely just got corned beef from their Jewish neighbors to save cash. The normal like Irish dish that you would be eating in Ireland is actually like a ham. Mm. Um, and so corned beef is actually sort of like an Irish Jewish immigrant amalgamation that has nothing to do with regular old Ireland. Um, I love that. But basically, St. Patrick's Day at this point is probably more like an Irish American holiday than it is a true celebration of Ireland itself. There is salt cured beef in Ireland is sort of like an old like national food, but it's salt pork is actually way more common. People eat that way more. So like bacon. Yep. 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 Great. Um, and yeah, so those are most of my things that I needed to debunk for you guys so that you can truly experience and celebrate St. Patrick's Day with all the knowledge. (laughs) And since that didn't take up enough time, I also decided to talk about dying rivers green. I'm so glad that you're mentioning this because yesterday when I saw them pouring green dye into the Chicago River, I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. Is it <laughs> not? <laughs> um, well, nah, I don't know. But there are, Chicago is not the only city that does this. The cities that make their rivers green for St. Patrick's Day include San Antonio, Savannah, huh. Indianapolis, my hometown. Oh my God. Charlotte, North Carolina. What? Tampa, Florida, and Washington, D.C. They're Jeez. all dying the river green. But Chicago is probably the most famous. Um, I would say maybe because of the movie The Fugitive. <laughs> oh, my um, God. The best. So, okay. So here's what the, the news would have us believe. That the dye is understood to be an eco-friendly mix of vegetable dye called leprechaun dust. <laughs> but... <laughs> The Chicago Plumbers Union will not reveal what's actually in it. So we're supposed to just believe them that it's environmentally friendly. Sure. And I wonder how much Um, it costs. Do you know? I didn't look up how much it costs, but it is 50 pounds of dye. and That's it, it though? 50 pounds? Yeah, and then it takes 45 minutes for it to turn the entire river green. And then it lasts for about 48 hours. That seems weird Um, that it's only 50 pounds. I would have thought it would have been like, I don't know. 500,000 pounds? Yeah. <laughs> Probably like 500,000 pounds back in the day. So the origin of this weird tradition is uh, from 1961. Stephen Bailey, no relation to me, uh, was like a business member of the Chicago Plumbers Union. They used something called fluorescent dye to determine leaks in pipes, and it turned everything green. So they decided... And it seems like they just decided to do this and didn't tell anyone Mm -hmm. to just dye the river green for St. Patrick's Day with an oil-based dye because it was the 60s and nobody gave a shit about the earth. Um, And it lasted for an entire week before it all went away. Um, (laughs) And eventually they switched to the more environmentally friendly vegetable dye, leprechaun dust. Leprechaun Um, cocaine. And then there's just one more fun fact that I learned about dyeing the river green that to me is so confusing. But so basically shamrock shakes were also sort of started in the 60s. They don't really know who invented it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then McDonald's basically started doing the shamrock shake sort of as a promotion to promote the Ronald McDonald house. So like for a charity's purpose or whatever. Um, which somehow led to, for two years only, the years 2010 and 2011, the world's largest shamrock shake was dumped into the Chicago River <laughs> two years in a row. <laughs> Why? Why? That's supposed to benefit charity, wasting a shit ton of food and pouring in the water? Also, like, is it, like, is it, you can't, are you supposed to put that much milk in the river? <laughs> I don't understand. It's, like, mint-flavored Oh my um, God. I know what we'll do. The head of marketing at fucking McDonald's says <laughs> to show our support for local charities. Let's dump 80,000 pounds of milkshake into the fucking river. We need to get the world's largest milkshake here. Stat. <laughs> and then, you know, I guess we can assume they only did it for two years because it probably was very cost. It's gross. <laughs> it's the grossest thing <laughs> I can think of. Millions of natural plant life and animal life. <laughs> It's so unnecessary, like, in every way. It makes no sense. Wow, just, how odd. Yeah. Hopefully, it was just, like, it looked like the world's largest milkshake, and it wasn't actually a milk product, but who the hell knows? We'll never know. There's no way to find out for sure. 
man, we're really destroying this place, huh? They're like, here's an earth for you. And it's like, not only do we like, (laughs) just like use up all the natural resources and all the awful (laughs) things that human beings do, but like, it seems insult to injury to make a huge (laughs) green milkshake and just pour it in the river for no fucking reason. For Taryn, for Zara, for the children at Ronald McDonald House. Right. Okay. Here, Who probably can't even eat milkshakes because of their (laughs) health issues. <laughs> Don't you wish you could have this delicious sweet milkshake that your body won't tolerate? Well, you can't. So we're gonna go ahead and fucking dump it in the Chicago River. It's like wow. pouring one out for your homies. <laughs> it's like all the children at Ronald McDonald House who can't have milkshakes. Fucking wild, dude. That's one of the worst things I've ever really heard. It, it's so perplexing and so gross. I don't know. And just to think about, like, the other day we were doing a party like a catering party for Zaza. And like when I was like, we, you know, dumping the wine glasses out, like I had to pour like some wine in a glass that had whipped cream in it. And just mm-hmm. the look of like the wine mixing with the cream and it frothing up, it actually made me like gag to me, like milk yeah. going into water is really gross. That might be a personal problem, but I bet other people feel that way. No, I mean, and also it's like a milk shake, you know, <laughs> like, ugh, yeah, no. <laughs> And whipped cream. I wonder if they poured the straws into at that point. Why? I'm sure, probably. Yeah, that was. I also just love that, like the city was like, definitely, let's do this, guys. Sticky, like so sticky. What better way to celebrate children (laughs) than to pour a giant milkshake into a river? (laughs) Not just a giant milkshake. The world's largest milkshake. The world's largest milkshake that no one will. Oh terrible all right let's take a quick break around we'll come back and i have a evil scary story for you yay i can't wait my name is brandon boy co-owner of roberta's a super duper awesome place roberta's is a very 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 proud sponsor of the heritage radio network we're also super awesome thank you heritage and we're back we're back What a back, what a back. I'm doing it again. That's not an Irish accent. I'm singing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so fucking tired and like my brain feels melted, but I'm here. And you're here. We did it. Where we did it, Joe. <laughs> we did it. Oh my god, I just found a picture of them dumping the world's largest shamrock shake into the river. Oh my god, it's... show it. We'll put it on our Instagram, but hold it up to the yeah. camera so I can see. <gasps> it's in a huge plastic cup. <laughs> and then they just threw the cup into the river as well. <laughs> They're like, fuck it at this point. Let's see what else we can do. Oh, my word. That's really very strange. Got to be honest. Please, McDonald's, even for you. All right, folks. <laughs> I have a terrifying tale today about everybody's worst nightmare the teeny, itsy bitsy little leprechaun. <laughs> teeny weeny little green evil monster that we know and love uh, as the leprechaun now nicole i got my information today from a variety of sources irishcentral.com where you buy all your clothing from yes that's that's how i managed to say green all year round uh The General Mills website, Mental Floss, and good old Wikipedia. Oh, and a very interesting article by our friend and yours, Benjamin Radford, not related to Robert Radford, on (laughs) livescience.com. Robert Radford, the famous Robert Redford impersonator. (laughs) The famous Irish leprechaun enthusiast, Robert Redford impersonator. Robert Radford. Okay, he's small. Anyway, leprechauns... Excuse me, let me begin over. I'm adjusting my position. Leprechauns are a type of fairy, though it's important to note, Nicole, that these fairies of Irish folklore were not cute Disneyland pixies. They could be lustful, nasty, capricious creatures whose magic might delight you one day and kill you the next. Oh, no. (laughs) That's scary. I know they are scary. I mean... It's fair to say that I am more scared and traumatized by leprechauns because I grew up in the 90s when the <laughs> leprechaun movie came out. And leprechauns were, there was a lot of anti-leprechaun sentiment in the 1990s. And I don't think it's always been that way. But, but we lucky have, charms, that yeah. guy's nice. 
he is nice, right? So like, yeah. but they are traditionally quite evil. So we were oh, okay. we were smart to be wary of them. Um, okay. Leprechauns are often described, according to LiveScience.com, as winsed, bearded old men dressed in green, although early versions had them dressed in red, uh, wearing buckled shoes, often with a leather apron. And sometimes they even wear a pointed cap and they might be smoking a pipe. A leather apron? A crack pipe. Yes, a leather apron. And I'll go I'll go into detail later about why they wear a leather apron. Now, okay. I don't know that they wear a leather apron. No leprechaun I've ever seen is wearing a leather apron. Well, the Lucky Charms leprechaun, my reference point, he's wearing like a green suit. Exactly. Much like I did Halloween 1998 when my mother rented me a $50 leprechaun suit from a Halloween store and I dressed as a professional leprechaun <laughs> at my school. <laughs> I have to see if she has a picture of it, but she like, you know, it's like part of just being like an only child and like mom trying to be like, okay, what will make you like not depressed? You want to be a leprechaun for Halloween? Great. Let's rent you a $50 suit, which in 1998 money is like $7,000 today. So it was like a huge extravagance. You could have gone to college for four years for that much money. I know, but instead I decided to be a fucking leprechaun and it didn't make (laughs) me that much happier. I have to be honest. It was actually really embarrassing. Um, I'm embarrassed for you now. (laughs) I know it was a terrible decision. I was already like feeling awkward enough without being a leprechaun. (laughs) But But now I'm sort of craving Lucky Charms. Yes. Highway to the danger zone. (laughs) It really is. Yes. You should not get those. Um, leprechauns are shoemakers. That's why I think they wear a leather Mm. apron. Um, and some, some research is going to claim that the word leprechaun comes from the Irish leaf brogan, meaning shoemaker. I see. Leaf Brogan. <clears throat> Leaf Brogan. Um, said to mean shoemaker, and it's said to be the Sprite's main vocation. So they love making shoes. They can't get enough of it. That's probably why their own buckley shoes look so fabulous and shiny. Oh, that is interesting, because buckled shoes do some sort of, like, you know, fancy for a fairy. Exactly. It's like, where did you get these fucking sick shoes from, dude? I thought you lived in the forest. <clears throat> no, no, no. He made them himself. Um, okay, so, like, Irish banshees are identified by having like a crazy whale, but leprechauns are recognized by the tap, tap, tapping of a tiny cobbler's hammer, <laughs> driving nails into shoes. And I it announces that they're that. near. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> folks, if anyone is ever out in the woods and you hear a little tap, 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 be careful. There's a leprechaun around the corner that's waiting to kill you. Not a woodpecker. Exactly. No, never. It's never a woodpecker. You know how like in true crime, they say it's never a mannequin. In yeah. this instance, it's never a woodpecker, and it's always a leprechaun. So be careful. So he's okay. So he's just like going about his day, making shoes in the forest. Like I don't know how he's going to get them to like the people that want to buy them, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It's magic. And you come across them, and they're going to be kill you. Well, you know what? Will they kill you? We don't know. They could grant you a wish. They could kill you. They'll they probably you. definitely bite you either way. Always. They're going to delight you or kill you, and they will bite you. They'll definitely bite you, and if you're into that, it might delight you. Okay, and that's like a poem. (laughs) (laughs) That's because I was once a leprechaun, and leprechauns are also (laughs) good at poetry. (laughs) Okay. Look, folks, this is what you do, according to live science. If you do happen to come across a leprechaun, don't look it in the eyes. No, it doesn't say that, but that's my advice. Um, Be sure to hold on to him, which I don't think it's a very good idea to, like, grab onto anything person that's not yourself or maybe like a close friend or partner but also someone who's holding a hammer and nails I don't want to grab onto that person and shiny shoes <laughs> they're recommending that you grab it and hold on to it I cannot support this but according to Irish legends people lucky enough to capture a leprechaun can barter his freedom with three wishes but dealing with a leprechaun can be a very tricky position obviously as we all know oh right so if you catch him then he has to grant you three wishes yeah but like the three wishes are probably going to get like all fucked up. Let's be honest, right? If he grants you yeah. three wishes, you'll be like, I wish for like all the money in the world. And then like all the money is just going to be like stacked on top of you and crush you and kill you. So totally. be very specific when wishing too. We know this from like genie, genie lore as well. Genies are the same way. Although yeah, I'm just like, I want $70 million in small bills in the bank, my bank account. Here's my bank account number. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way to grant, to ask a leprechaun for a wish. Again, don't recommend you grabbing onto them, but if you must, then, you know, go with God. Um, in their book, The Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures, John and Caitlin Matthews trace leprechaun legends back to the 8th century. Legends of the water spillers called the Luchpan 
wait, the Lutropon, that's probably pronounced wrong, but it's, it looks like it says <laughs> Lutropon, meaning small body. Um, these sprites eventually merged with mischievous household fairy and set, they are said to haunt cellars and as we know, drink heavily. So another reason you shouldn't grab it, it's probably drunk. <laughs> you never want to yeah. grab and it drunk. And then barf on you. Exactly. Squeezing out the barf. Not a good idea. Nicole, were you aware that one of Sean Connery's earliest movies was a Disney movie called Darby O'Gale and the Little People? Yes, I have seen that. You have. And did you like it? Are you a fan? It's very like old timey movie to me. And like, you know, the effects are really old. And it was just on TV when I was a kid because I'm really old. Um, So I didn't I didn't remember really being that into it, but I definitely have seen it before. Okay, well. You know, they say that this was one of the movies that helped leprechaun, uh, leprechauns become so popular in the American culture. Before this movie, we didn't know very much about leprechauns. They were not Thanks, big like Sean Connery. Thank you so much, Sean Connery. Also, there's a disease called Donahue's syndrome, which they sometimes refer to as leprechaunism, which seems very wrong to do. It's very rare. People are born very small with all kinds of different kind of issues. Um and there's only 50 cases that are reported a year, but I feel like it's not chill to call it leprechaun syndrome. It's a, it no. causes a big part, point of contention within the community for good reason. So just wanted to quickly mention that for no reason, <laughs> um, just because it felt disturbing to me and really mean and rude. Um, okay, now let's move on to the crux of my story here, which is that in the 60s, here comes a delicious cereal. General Mills executive, John Holleran, who's working on developing a new cereal that children want, <clears throat> would want so much they would beg their parents to buy it, had chopped up some circus peanuts and sprinkled them into Cheerios, and that is how he came up with the cereal. Okay, Lucky well, that's Charms. fucked up because circus peanuts are disgusting and Cheerios are delicious. <laughs> well, look, this is how Lucky Charms came to be. We can't argue with history and science. Um, he loved the soft marshmallows with the crunchy cereal, yada, yada, yada. The marshmallows over time became, uh, started to be called Marbits, I guess. I'm assuming marshmallow bits. Oh, I didn't but like, know that. Yeah. Like all the shapes exist in like a Marbit, what is it called? Alternate universe, multiverse, <laughs> a multiverse. I don't know. So that's what the kids <laughs> do with their movies, the superheroes. Okay, so Lucky Charms remains unchanged for a decade from 1965 until 1975 with the cereal Marbit's classic, what they call, quote, gang of four, which was the hearts, the stars, the rainbows, and the shamrocks. And then a blue diamond gets introduced in 1975 and sales increased by 30% just because of a blue diamond. Can you believe that? That's insane. It's wild. And then over the years... There's been an array of different marbets, including horseshoes, whales, snowmen, pots of gold, and even one shaped like, you guessed it, Nicole, your favorite structure, the Eiffel Tower. What? Really? Why? Yes, it's your favorite structure. I don't know why. You just can't stop talking about it. (laughs) The Eiffel Tower (laughs) is so seemingly not Irish. (laughs) That's exactly right, Nicole. It's French. (laughs) Good identification. We don't know why, and I'm not looking to ask those types of questions in this 20-minute segment. The same advertising agency that comes up with Lucky the Leprechaun nearly killed him off in order to make room for his replacement because they were concerned that he wasn't very friendly for the kids. Probably because, as we know, leprechauns are deeply evil and drunk. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to get visited by a leprechaun later. This seems like bad luck. I'm just kidding. This is all alleged. Leprechaun community... Leave me alone. Okay. (laughs) So according to the Taste of General Mills blog, in the mid-1970s, the advertising agency that came up with Lucky creates a new mascot who they're looking to replace him for, and this guy is a sorcerer that is called Waldo the Wizard. Huh. Okay. And is he from France? He's French. That's where the Eiffel (laughs) Eiffel Tower is, and he brings with him tiny croissants, (laughs) little baguettes, (laughs) mini Uh, cappuccinos, and... Itsy Bitsy Eiffel Towers. Um, no, he was not French. He was American. And I think it's weird to, like, how many Waldos can be in pop culture, really? Right? Cartoon Waldos yeah. where they have more than one. So it's very niche, Waldo. Also, did this guy actually make it to the t- to the television screen? Because it sounds vaguely familiar to me. I don't think so. Um, okay. 
but Waldo's in, quote, Waldo's endearing quality was his forgetfulness linked with wordplay. Okay. So I was curious what this meant. And then in my research, it shows Lucky Charms also floated a new slogan for, uh, while Lucky declared they were magically delicious, Waldo described the cereal as delicious. Hmm. Spelled I-B-B-L-E-D-E-B-I-B-B-L-E-D-I-E-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Delicious. That's interesting. What's also interesting is I just looked up this guy and he's wearing like a suit and bow tie underneath his green magician outfit. So yeah. what's the message here? <laughs> he's a wizard by night. He's an accountant by day. He's practical. We're trying to teach kids about loving math. <laughs> but he doesn't know how to speak. No, that's the whole irony of it. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> no new taxes. Okay. Now I want to talk about something about leprechauns that I think we can all agree is strange and beautiful. Leprechaun, the 1993 American horror comedy film written and directed by Mark Jones. Not Mike Jones and or Spike Jones. Mark Jones. And starring Jennifer Aniston, right? Starring one Miss Jennifer Aniston before the Rachel haircut and her <laughs> nose job um, in her first feature film debut. And it also stars Warwick Davis in the title role of Le Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, Davis plays a vengeful leprechaun, according to Wikipedia, who believes a family has stolen his pot of gold. He hunts As he hunts them, they attempt to locate his gold to mollify him. The film was originally meant to be more of a straight horror film, uh, pop probably for like kiddos, but then they turned it into a horror film and then they reshot it and added like gory scenes. And then it ended up grossing $8.6 million on its $1 million budget. Really? Yes. Um, reviews uh, of the film were negative, but it spawned a series of eight more films, including number five, which I think is the wackiest leprechaun into hood. Yep. I, there's a, how did this get made about that one? And how did it get made? (laughs) Completely mental. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even. Really strange concept. We shouldn't talk too much about it or it will come true. (laughs) Um, It has a 20, the original has a 27 on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty good. Yeah, and Mark Jones says that his inspiration, his muse, was was Lucky the Leprechaun from the Lucky Charms box. I don't know. Yeah, he is kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, interesting. That would be, like, your muse. It's just, like, one picture of a cartoon leprechaun. We don't even know much about his backstory, but who am I to <laughs> judge what artists do? Um, okay, so that's pretty much all I have to say, and I just wanted to mention that Armin and I were chatting before the show about the leprechaun that was on the news in mobile alabama do you remember that story Mm-mm. from like and it was like like this community in alabama and they were like um when the lights go on you can see the leprechaun but then they released a sketch of what it looked like and it was just like a like a line drawing of a hat and like a face it was you don't remember that i don't know i'll send you the video crazy. it's very funny <clears throat> but it's the funny part is really just like the line drawing it's like this is an actual sketch of what people described they saw and it was like Literally, like, something that someone drew in, like, under three seconds. Like, a hat <laughs> and, like, a chin. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's my that's my story about leprechauns. Be careful of them. But if you must squeeze them, do it with a pair of gloves on. Yeah. And also, you know, don't forget that they're the reason that Jennifer Aniston is a star today. That's very true. We owe everything we, we love about this life to leprechauns. <laughs> What do we talk about at the end? Should we talk about our top three St. Patrick's Day things that we like? I don't have any. Yeah, we can do our top three green things that we like. Sure, that's good. Top three (laughs) green things. You go first. Okay. Well, I like frozen peas. Ah, me too. I like um, pistachio pudding. Ooh. And I also like... Hmm. Trying to think of something that's like artificially green. I don't like Shamrock shakes because they're mint flavored, so it's not gonna work out for me. Um hmm. I can't think of anything else that's green. But you go and maybe something else will occur to me. Okay. I like trees. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know you're doing food. Oh, just food. Okay. I like but spinach. You can, you can eat. You can eat. I can eat a tree if I was really hungry. I like spinach. Mm-hmm. I like. Um, I like a Granny Smith apple, actually, even though I know oh. that that's probably unpopular be a really, opinion. Very unpopular. They're very refreshing and tart. And I love green mint chip ice cream. Oh, no. Um, well, Granny Smith apples are good in a salad, you know? Like sure. Like thinly sliced. In a pie? What else are you going to put in a pie? Yeah. I also like margaritas. Ah! Well, if you like pina coladas and getting lost. <laughs> lost in the rain you know have you seen the video of that man singing that song I have not but I did not know until like literally like two years ago that that song is about a couple mm-hmm. who's getting divorced who and both meet each other a separate personal ad and then may meet each other yes exactly I never never ever knew that until well, like two years ago it's wild and the video is absolutely hilarious and I love that song. And that guy's serious. He's like, if you like pina coladas, like, tell me if you like them. It's like, yeah, yeah. they're good. They're and also, like, wouldn't she know that he was really into them if they were married for so many years? That's what I'm saying. How could you not fucking know? It seems like you both like pina coladas a lot. You've never, like, a time has never come where, like, pina coladas come up and you're like, oh, yeah, I like those. And you're like, fuck me, too. I like them so much. It was the thing I put in my personal ad. Yeah, also, I don't really like pina coladas. Or getting lost in the rain. It sounds really fucked up to get lost in the rain. Do you like making love at midnight, though? Who can say that they don't like that, unless you're not a night owl? (laughs) Yes, but only at midnight. Yes, only the stroke of midnight. One minute past, (laughs) the mood is over. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, thank you for joining us for this very spooky, (laughs) extremely spooky haunted St. Patrick's Day episode. (laughs) Drink responsibly, you ding-dongs or just uh forget it st patrick's day altogether oh look an avocado that's a green thing that i like a lot yeah guacamole. i'm looking at one right now yeah guacamole the classic dish of st patrick's day okay stay away from leprechaun men <laughs> as we were discussing before the show just want to get that joke in there and um hasta la pasta bye bye me life's banquet is powered by simplecast Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.